2 Timothy chapter 1. We quote this verse quite a lot. But let's read it here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's read verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Let me read another verse to you in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. <laughs> sure does. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Alright, so we're going to talk about the spirit of fear, if you haven't guessed it already here tonight. But, uh, pray the Lord bless His Word here. We need to refresh our memories again on the definition of the word spirit. I think it's good to review things once in a while, and I won't take but a minute to do it here, but but we need to re renew our understanding again here of what we're talking about when we talk about spirit. Can anybody tell me just one thing that we talked about that we identified spirit or defined it as? Well, I knew I'd catch you off guard. I'd flunk all of you if I was a teacher and you was a class. Eh? No, I know. It just, uh, you don't know what I'm looking for. Preachers have scared everybody by tricking them and all that. I won't do that to you. But uh, it's the vital principle by which a life or a mind and heart are directed. Think about it. It's the vi vital principle. We talk about vitality. What does that mean? Well, that means it's life. It's what makes it alive. It's how you identify something as living. It has vitality. Life struggles to stay alive. That's vitality. It's, it indicates a struggle. There's a spiritual battle that we talk about here. A spirit is the vital principle by which a life or a mind and heart, are directed. It carries the meaning of breath, which sustains a life. You stop breathing, you're dead. That's how we used to tell if somebody's alive or anything's alive. Is he breathing? Well, if he's not breathing, he's dead or close to it. He's got to breathe. So, spirit is defined as breath. It's the vitality. It's the vital uh, principle. It also is defined as wind. And wind directs a life. You know, wind blows and, you know, this used to be better understood because that's, that's the way you travel the seas you, if the, the wind took you. We're not to be blown about with every wind and doctrine. See? So, spirit. I'm trying to Nail this down before we get into this. I want you to understand what we're talking about all the time when we're mentioning these things. I read somebody the other day wrote a long article about this and it, and it really helps me. It encourages me when other people are seeing the same things. You know, I've noticed that in the last mm -hmm. recent times here. Yeah. I, some, something that I'm preaching on, I'll see somebody else yep. doing the same thing saying the same things. And, and you know, this person that wrote this the other day that I was talking about, the people that responded, it was amazing at their ignorance of the subject. I mean, they said we've never heard that 
We've never heard of that. I've never heard it put that way before. And it was over this right here. Not spirit of fear, but spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. The fact that, that spirits are involved in our thoughts and in the things that happen in our lives, the things that messes up, it's a spiritual battle. And we just count it off to hormones or habits or, or I'm a red-headed Irishman and that's why I'm this way and that kind of junk. And it's nothing. There's, you know, we excuse ourselves and we, and we're ignorant and blind to what's really going on. And so it's no wonder we don't win. We lose. We lose. We just keep losing because we're not even, we're fighting at the air. We're beating the air. We're not identifying the enemy. We don't know what's going on. We're just fight beating at the air. So when we're thinking about uh, spiritual matters, we got to recognize and deal with the powers that are the prevailing influence in our thoughts, our emotions, and our desires. What are the powers that influence you the most in your thoughts, in your, in your emotions, or your desires? We talk about people being worldly. Well, what is worldly? Well, it's when your passions, your desires, your emotions, your thoughts are mostly influenced by worldly people, worldly things, worldly philosophies. That's worldly. What is the prevailing influence over your thoughts? You ought to just think about it. I can't tell you what it is about you. I don't know. You can't tell what it is about me because you don't know either. This is why we have to judge ourselves. The war, the warfare between God and Satan is a spiritual warfare. And we're involved in it whether we want to be or not. And whether we recognize and acknowledge the fact or not, we're still involved in it. Our minds are the battlefield where the battles fought, and because, and that's because we're the prize and we're the spoils of this epic war. Have you ever thought of that? What's all this battle about? Us. So you're involved in it, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to be or not. There's no discharge from this war. The Bible says that. So God is a spirit. And so God speaks to us in spiritual things. Is that right? God is a spirit, the Bible says. Does God ever speak to you any other way than in spiritual things? We read John chapter 6 this morning. <laughs> and Jesus... No, you know John chapter 6 where he finally told them. They said they were following him because of the bread where he just fed the multitude. And he told them, he said, it's why you're following me. It's why you're, I mean, it's for the bread, for your belly. And, and they kept talking about manna. Moses gave us manna. <laughs> and so he finally he said, well, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And they, they just, that blew them out of the water. They just said, oh, we're done with this. It's, and they laughed him. He said, the words that I speak to you, he said, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit yes. and they're life. 
God speaks to us in spiritual language. He speaks to us spiritually. Not with an audible voice. Not with signs and wonders. He speaks to us spiritually. Satan uses the lust of our flesh through our ignorance and foolishness because of our selfishness to gain a stronghold in our mind before we even know what's going on. Now, First Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So there you have it. The devil uses our ignorance and our lust and our foolishness to gain a stronghold in our mind. Now, without the Holy Spirit of God as the major spiritual power in our life, we're always off balance somewhere. Have you ever wondered why people, some people, most people are not stable? They're up and down and in and out and they're hot and they're cold and they're just, you can't ever tell where they're going to be next time. You ever, you, you ever notice that there's so a lot of people like that? Yes, sir. You ever notice that about yourself? I mean, why the wavering? Why the wobbling? Why the changing? Why the constantly getting off track? You you think somebody's on the track? They got it straightened out, and they're they're going the right direction, and then all of a sudden, next time you turn around, whoop, they're off on something else. Do you ever wonder how that happens and why that happens? Well, with the Holy Spirit of God as the major spiritual influence in our life, we'll be on balance. We'll be balanced out. And, and it's because our mind, if without the Holy Spirit, we're not balanced. And it's because our mind is the playground of other spirits which seek to confuse and enslave us. Fear is bondage. Confusion is bondage. It's only with the Spirit of God that we experience freedom. Yes, sir. They try to confuse us, enslave us, or like the Bible calls us, put us into bondage. These many different spirits work in our thoughts to stir our emotions. That's why you that's that's what they do. That's why people are dramatic yes. and emotional and changeable, and confused. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. Spirits are at work, and nobody's even recognizing it. And nobody's resisting it. And nobody's calling on God about the situation. Everybody's just ignorant to what's going on. And so the problem escalates and grows until it destroys families, lives, churches. Because confusion and fear and hatred and strife and all of that doesn't is not conducive to happiness and peace. It just doesn't work that way. They stir our passions and they try to lead us away from God and truth and peace. 
And if you'll just listen to me and think, you know that what I'm saying to you is true because that's exactly what happens. People grow, they say we get cold, grow cold on God. Well, there's, that's a spiritual problem. And there's more to that than they just got cold. Why did they get cold? Something went on in their mind. Why did it go on in their mind? Is all this just a roll of the dice? Is that what this is? It just happens to some people and other people it don't. Huh? I'm just one of the lucky ones that just has peace and walks with God. The other one just didn't. I mean, he was unlucky. Maybe he wasn't one of the elect. I read some quotes of <laughs> Calvinists the other day and it's unbelievable to me. My goodness. They said they believe that God foreordained that man sin. Say, they say that plainly. Some of the well, most well-known Calvinists. And I don't know whether you got to get... Something went on in that mind to twist things around to that. To make God the author of sin. And they say it plainly over and over and over. It's not, I'm just not quoting just one person. This is what devils do in the minds of people. Once we learn the truth in this matter and believe it is as a reality that it is, we can fight the good fight of faith and we can begin to see some victory and peace and stability in our thoughts and emotions and in our life. Now, the spirit of fear is one of those spirits that can easily gain control of the mind and put us into bondage. At Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. A lot of these verses I've read for years, but when I read them in light of what we're talking about here, they just open up to a whole other universe almost to me. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 15, I'm just grabbing it out of the context there. There's some real good verses there that you really need to know well But in Hebrews chapter 2. But in 15 it says, And deliver them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So, that's what fear does. It puts you into bondage. A spirit of fear does. Now listen to me for a few minutes here. Again, as with the spirit of infirmity that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you got to realize here that there really are infirmities. As I said then, there really is such a thing as infirmity. We all experience it. But a spirit of infirmity, infirmity is a different thing. Well, it's the same way with this. You know, fear is something that we all going to experience. I mean, if if not fearing anything is a... Uh, uh, is a requirement to enter heaven, well then, I don't believe any of us are going. You ain't going to make me not afraid of a snake. I mean, if I see a snake, it's I'm, I'm, it strikes fear in me. And then I've got to kill that snake if I can find him. But usually by the time I come back from wherever I ran to, he's gone. <laughs> 
We sitting there yesterday morning and she felt something in her gown there and reached in there and pulled out this brown crew spider. She throwed it on the floor. She's scared to death of spiders. Scared of spiders as I am of snakes. But I was pretty amazed she didn't lose it. She just left it on the floor there and said, I don't believe that's a brown recluse. And I got a light and shined right out. I said, yes, it is, too. So then she smashed him. But let me say this. Having a spirit of fear is evidenced by the fact that we're focused on all that might go wrong and we're anxious and worried and fretful and bound bondage with thinking of all this until we have few thoughts on anything else. Do you know anybody like that? Have you ever known anybody like that? I have. It's all I do. Worry, worry, worry. About what might happen. What could happen. What's probably going to happen. They live in that. That's the spirit of fear. Yes, sir. Y'all listening? Yes, sir. Fear is something we all experience and we will experience it through life and it's impossible to avoid it. It's one of those it's one of those mechanisms that's hardwired into us because of the sinful world we live in and you got to understand this I don't believe this was a part of God's original creation that was very good he said I don't believe every every creature was afraid of every other creature I don't believe the creatures were afraid of man there was no fear there was nothing to be afraid of until sin entered into this world and that changed everything it's necessary for survival in the kind of world we live in. You, you better be afraid of some things. It's not the fear, it's the spirit of fear that we're talking about here. It's the spirit of fear that is the condemning thing. Man's sin has turned every creature into a potential enemy for every other creature. We got some old cats that just come hanging around our house and she'll feed them. I don't ever touch them. I just look at them and walk past. I'll say something to them once in a while, friendly, but they're not friendly to me. That cat the other day hissed at me. (laughs) Why? Because that cat's afraid of me. I've never thrown a rock at it. I've never shot at it. I've never hollered at it. Raise my voice at it. I've never done anything to make that cat afraid of me. But she's afraid of me. So is every other creature. They run. Unless you got them trapped. And then they'll fight you. Like the coon in the dumpster. (laughs) But man's sin has done this. Genesis chapter two and ver- or nine and verse two. When Noah got off the ark, you know God said to him, "And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, and upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered." See, that's when it started. You know the fear. This kind of fear that easily obsesses us. And every other creature is a direct result of man's sin. Are y'all following me here? This is so important. It really is. This, that's the kind of fear we're talking about. The fear that arises from what others might do. 
The problem comes when we become obsessed with fear and get it confused with prudence and wisdom. This spirit of fear that is of the devil is very good at making us think we're more spiritual and godly when our thoughts are dominated by thinking and imagining all that can go wrong. Who is a wise man among you? Well, most people think that's the, that's the wise man, one that can just see all the problems and understand everything and just... I mean, 12 men went to spy in Canaan. 10 were bad and 2 were good. Who were the good ones? Joshua and Caleb. But why were they good? They seen the giants just like the other 10 did. I mean, they seen how big they were. But they said, God's on our side. God told us to do this. We can do it. God will help us. And others said, nope, we're going to get killed if we try this. And so they went back and discouraged the hearts of the people. Because they thought they were wiser. And they were not wiser. They were, they were more void of faith. When this happens, faith is paralyzed. And it and ceases to exist and fear takes its place. Pride gives the final approval and then we're in bondage to fear. Fear is never faith and faith is never fearful. On the list of people who will not enter heaven, the fearful are named first. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and who in the world is that? People that do abomination. Who are they? Well, there's several things that God calls abomination. They're not going to heaven. But the fearful and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, you can't put it any plainer than that. The fearful are going to the lake of fire. People that have a spirit of fear. Not people who fear some things or get afraid once in a while. Fear what you... You ought to be afraid of a snake, for example. I think a person is a fool to pick up a snake, a poisonous snake. There's a guy up at Sam A. Baker here a few years ago. You remember that? Some guy in the city somewhere, and he come out of one of them cabins, and a copperhead laying on the step, and he reached down and picked it up, and it bit him, and he died. Yeah. We'll see. What do you think about that? Fool. Died as a fool. Anybody ought to know better than to pick up a snake. <laughs> what kind of a spirit is it that makes people not fear what they ought to fear and fear things they ought not to fear? What I say a spi these spirits do, they, can, they, they, they work confusion in your mind and, and fear. And a bunch of other things. I'll talk about that in a minute here. But Fearful means affected by fear. This is a dictionary definition. 1828 Webster says affected by fear. Affected by it. Do you, ever see, do you ever deal with somebody when they're really afraid? 
They're pretty unmanageable, aren't they? Yes. You just can't do much with somebody when they're hysterical, afraid, scared to death. What do you say? Calm down, calm down. But it don't do much good, does it? No. Man, they're scared. I've seen people scared and they just run. And you can't stop them. People scared, you know, mostly of the female side, they just scream. Just scream. I've never figured out <laughs> that. Well, I, I don't know what good it does, but it. Uh, but they'll do it. I've seen some boys scream. Oh my God! That's not comely for a boy to scream. Everybody expects it from a girl, but a boy to scream because he's scared. Feeling pain in expectation of evil. I mean, fear hath torment. Feeling pain because of what you're thinking is going out, going out, might happen. <laughs> That's what the dictionary definition says. Ex feeling pain in expectation of evil. It means apprehensive with solicitude. <laughs> it's like you're asking for it. It's like you're almost wanting it. You're expecting it so much. The fearful, spoken of here in that verse that we just read, are people, listen, whose minds were dominated by a spirit of fear and not the Spirit of God. Oh. Standing at the great white throne judgment. This is where the lake of fire is appears, see. And the fearful are going to be cast off into the lake of fire. These are the people who lived their life dominated by a spirit of fear and not the spirit, spirit of God. You can't have a spirit of fear and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Faith and fear don't go together. You can't live like that. You won't be like that if God is in you. Their lives were lived in bondage to fear because they never trusted God. And they never resisted the devil. And they never found that peace that passeth understanding. You shouldn't feel sorry for people who live like that. Any more than you would feel sorry for a, a drunkard or a whoremonger or a thief or a murderer or an idolater. It's sad that they lose their soul, that God loses their soul. That's who loses. When a soul is lost, God is the one who's who lost. Yeah, he suffers loss. It was his. But through all of the spiritual battle that went on through that life that that was never countered, never done anything about, that soul was lost to the devil. To the devil's Fate. Devil's going to be cast into that same lake of fire. So although we live and we all experience fear, and it's a necessary thing in this world to live, but to live with a spirit of fear is certain to condemn our soul. Do you get that? Am I making that distinction clear enough that you understand? Faith and love drive out the spirit of fear. 
Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And then the next verse is meekness, temperance, and all that. But we're focusing here on love and faith and peace. When the dominating spiritual influence in our mind is the Holy Spirit of God. Is He? For you? Think about it. I've, I mean, I've hammered on this for months, but are you moody? You get all bent out of shape once in a while. Why? Tell me why. Do you understand why now? Is it because your hormones are out of balance? I'm so sick of hearing that nonsense. Get your heart right with God. Get your mind occupied by God and His Spirit and you'll have a whole lot less of that nonsense. He didn't give us a spirit of fear but of love. And a power of love and a sound mind. You won't, you won't live like that anymore. When the dominating spiritual influence on our mind is the Holy Spirit of God and not our phone, not the TV, not some philosophy and all the garbage we've learned all of our life, or not some other person that we idolize. When the dominating influence on our thoughts, our mind, and our emotions, and everything else is the Spirit of God, There'll be some big changes in the way we behave and deal with fears and life in general. Part of the fruit of the part of the fruit of that influence is love and peace and faith. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. The fruit of the spirit is love and faith. I see those two things in there: joy, peace. So if the Spirit of God, again, is the major dominating influence, the prevailing influence on your thoughts, there will, be, there will be love, and there will be peace, and there will be faith, not fear, that torments and causes pain. Don't you see the drastic difference? The influence of the Spirit of God is always through the Word of God. You, you better believe this right here. No one is filled with the Spirit of God who is not filled with the Word of God first. The Spirit don't just come on to people like some magical, superstitious, uh, you know, seance or something. That's all evil. That's all evil stuff. The Spirit of God will fill you through the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You know, this guy I was talking to a year or so ago, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to just get somewhere far out in the woods or somewhere and just let God work the living Word into him. He didn't mean he wanted to read it. He just meant he wanted to go sit on a rock somewhere in the woods and just wait on God to put it in him. Well, it ain't going to work like that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to read. You've got to listen. 
And then the Spirit will work that in you. The Word is the seed. Those who feast their soul on the written Word of God regularly and often, they're not found among the fearful. There's not. <laughs> you feast your soul on the Word of God and the Spirit of God is going to be your comforter and your strength and guide you into all truth. He'll be the governor of your moods, your spirit. The spirit of fear will foster hatred and suspicion of others because Satan is the accuser. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser. It's like this I read the other day. He, it's a fact. He accuses you to me, me to you, God to us, and us to God. He's always accusing. Always again. Did you hear what they said? I mean, when that thought comes in your mind, when you hear that little voice in your mind, recognize who it is. Those spirits are at work. When? How long am I going to have to preach on this before we all really get it? I mean, till we start living it. Every day. Till our minds are really governed by the Spirit of God completely. And we stop letting these devils work on us. <laughs> I don't know. The spirit of fear will rob us of any peace of mind. You're not going to have any peace when you're fearful. The spirit of fear will make us impatient and harsh toward other people. So we should, you know, part of the fruit of the spirit was long suffering. So, and forbearance. So we should seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit and desire the true fruit and gifts of the fruit, uh, gifts of the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5, verses 18 and 20. Let me read this to you. And be not drunk with wine. I've heard so many sermons on this and it really irks me to think about it. How many sermons I've heard where they say this, be not drunk with wine, wherein his excess be filled with the Spirit. So you ought to act like when you're filled with the Spirit, you ought to act like you're drunk. I've heard that. I've heard it and heard it and heard it. That when you're filled with the Spirit, people might even think you're drunk. How? <laughs> well, it's a good thing God kept a lot of things from me until I got older because when I was young, I would have attacked. <laughs> Hell, I would have. To be filled... Well, let me finish reading the verse. Be not drunk with wine, where his excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves inside. I don't know how they got that when this is what the verse says. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When you're filled with the Spirit, this is how you do it. This is how you act. You don't act like a drunkard. Not knowing what you're saying. You know, speaking in tongues and all of that. They don't even know what they're saying. You're going to tell me that's the Spirit of God? It's confusion. It's not right. 
We all lost some listeners there. It's okay. Yeah. Singing, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you're not going to be fearful if you're doing that right there. And if you find or sense that fears are kind of overtaking you a little bit, do that. Yeah. To be filled with the Holy Spirit of God is to be free from the dominion of any evil spirit. See, the answer to all of this, we can preach on this forever, but the answer to it is be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. There's no, other, there's no room for other spirits. When we're dominated by the Spirit of God, our mind, our emotions... Our passions are brought into a balance that's stable and sensible and godly. We stop getting sidetracked and blown off course by overthinking and over-obsessing about certain things. You want me to tell you a marker that a devil is talking to you when you begin to obsess about something, when you begin to over-focus on something, anything. When you just get... To where that's all you can think about. All you can talk about. There's a devil messing with your mind. If the Spirit of God is in control, you're not going to be like that. You'll be able to balance your mind. You'll be able to, you'll be able to pull in the reins and gird up the loins of your mind. Discipline your mind. To where you can think about something and then set it aside and move on. I mean, we've all got more responsibilities than just to sit around and obsess about something. I don't. I am not. I don't. I can't afford that uh, indulgence. I got to think about certain things at certain times, and when I'm thinking about this thing, I got to lay something else aside. I can't sit around 24 hours a day obsessing over something. Remember that. When the Spirit of God's in control, we'll stop getting sidetracked and blown off a course. We'll be stable. We'll be one of those people who are steady and, and, and a strength to other people. The steady people are the ones who are strength to other people. The ones who don't flip-flop and change and up and down, in and out and just... Never know what they're going to come up next or what they're going to get on to next. It takes them off in some other direction. This brings peace and rest to our soul and spirit and life. And the fear that brings bondage can't find a place to occupy in our minds when we're that way. And we've got to learn to be sensitive and aware of what's going on in our mind at all times. And where those voices are coming from that are suggesting those thoughts to us. It bothers me like the little ones being scared. Now, we've all had children that were scared in the, at night. Do you ever wonder why? I mean, it's like Fee being scared. I mean, she's not even two. And she's scared of things that don't even exist. But something is making her afraid of something that she's never even seen. You ought to rebuke that devil. That's what's doing it. 
You ought to get angry at the devil for tormenting a little child. What else going? What else going to cause that? Shame him watching stuff like that. You watch children a while and you'll figure out the devil does mess with them. <laughs> they come up with stuff like, what in the world? Where did that come from? They didn't hear me say that. They didn't hear No. We got to learn to be sensitive about what's going on in our mind. And when we identify where it's coming from, we got to run to God in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Listen to this. Be careful for nothing. Now, that don't mean don't be careful. And it's not careful like we think, you know. Now, be careful when you're driving. Be careful out there. No, this is full of care is what it means. Don't be overcharged with care. What are we supposed to do with our care? Casting all our care upon Him, for He careth for us. Psalm 55 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He will sustain thee. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now that's what we just read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20, talking about being filled with the Spirit. What are you supposed to do? Pray. Go to God with your supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ain't that wonderful? Don't worry about nothing. That's what. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. It's what Jesus was talking about when He said, Take not thought for tomorrow. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. We must learn to gird up the loins of our mind and think on the things God has told us to think on and do it on purpose, habitually and faithfully. What has God told us to think on? Well, I don't know. Well, okay, I'll read it to you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I've told you a lot of times, you'll understand it better if you start and read it backwards. Think on these things. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, whatsoever things that be of good report, try to see. It works any way you want to read it. It's the word of God. <laughs> so God's told us what to think about. And it's not things we're scared of. And it's not vain things. And it's not things of accusation against one another. It's not suspicions. Suspicion is part of fear. It's 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 bred by fear. Suspicion. No, no about them. If you need help with that thinking on those things, if you need help, let me tell you what to do. Just grab an old hymn book and start reading and singing. 
And then come and tell me what happens in your soul and spirit. Come and tell us what happens. Folks that were here Sunday, you know, she, that the older lady told me she went out here that oh, they just love the singing and the hymns and everything, and that's what she said, you know, at home. She said that works everywhere, just those old hymns and the words, and you can just well, I've known that for a long time. <clears throat> is that true? Yes, it's true. You're, is the devil tormenting your mind? Is he a picking at you and just, just throwing them fiery darts and just a wor- you know worrying you? And they're planting thoughts in there and troubling you. Well, there's a way to fix that. Real quick. You're unto God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God in all things. And you sing, uh, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That don't mean you have to be with anybody else. It don't mean you have to be in church. Sing. If you'll just sing spiritual songs and hymns and psalms, you'll find the devil won't stay around. (laughs) So it's so easy to get rid of him. What are we doing? Letting him just feed us to death. Letting him just keep messing with us until there's big turmoil and big problems. Why? When it's so easy to defeat him. Again, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, 20. Speaking to yourselves in hymns, psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, better than a spirit of fear. Better than a spirit of infirmity. You ought to know there's a devil and you ought to know that Man is messed up. That just lets the devil tell him he's sick all the time, and that he's afraid all the time, and worried to death all the time. I mean, God won't do that to you. Walk with God, you won't be worried. Walk with God, you won't be afraid. <laughs> Walk with God, you won't. You won't care if you're sick or not. Amen. These are the two spirits that are really at work in our world right now. I mean, if you can't see it, I don't know how to make you see it. But it's the spirit of fear and the spirit of infirmity. Everybody's scared of getting sick. And everybody's getting sick. And everybody's scared to death. Wow. And, and everybody's turned on one another. This spirit of fear has sown suspicion and discord and hatred. And so now we're all divided even more than ever before because of a spirit of fear, a spirit of infirmity. And if you just understand this from the Word of God, I'm telling you to help you a whole lot to keep your compass set right in this time that we're living in. Plus, it'll just be a great benefit to your home to your life you can Jesus said I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly so that you can live you know Joel Osteen and all them they want you to be happy his wife said that's what God wants is to be happy so you know boy they're missing the whole I don't see them people very happy really 
and you're not happy that way. This is the way to live a life that's blessed, that's got peace and joy and love and stability. I hope you all understand. All right, let's bow. Father, thank you for the Word of God. and pray, Lord, that you would let it sink deep down into our ears. Lord, help us with this. These are things that need to be real clear. I wish I could make them clear and more understandable. And, and I wish I could speak what I understand better. But Lord, I pray, Spirit of God, that you would take what was said and, and interpret it between uh, what I said and the ears that it landed on, that it might be received as you would have it. I pray you'd work in our hearts and lives. Help us in this time where these two spirits are hard at work. Help us, Lord, to be more aware of our minds and what's going on there. And to help us to take control and yield it to Thee. Lord, may we be filled with the Spirit of God. That our thoughts might be of Thee. And not let the devil have any place in there. In Jesus' name, Amen.